jumper on the way. He hits, and it's a three. It's a franchise record, 54 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wolves cast, audio on demand. Gibson struggling to get it in, finds Wiggins. Andrew around a town screen, inside of midcourt, launches the three, at the buzzer, banks it in. Andrew Wiggins has won it at the buzzer. Lots it up ahead. Tyus rises up and slams it with the right hand. Taj Gibson with a defensive play of the game. It's over, it's over. Celebrate Wolves Nation. Welcome into Wolves Cast Audio on Demand. John Pokey alongside Cal Soderquist here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Got a big show coming up for you. Going to shine the spotlight on Minnesota's defensive specialist, Robert Covington. We'll learn where that defensive mindset came from and how it's contagious, and uh, hopefully it is contagious and is, as he makes his return to the Minnesota Timberwolves lineup. And we'll hear from Lawal Dang, the veteran, lets us behind the curtain in his own words. But first, Cal, we got to start with Carl Anthony Towns and the stretch that he has been on. Had a five-game stretch in which it was the most prolific five-game scoring streak in franchise history as he racked up 182 points. You add that Detroit game to that, and over the last six games, here's Cat's numbers. 34%, uh, 34 points per game, 48% from beyond the arc. He's pulling down 14 rebounds, dishing out four dimes, and blocking over one shot per game. Uh, these are video game-type numbers. We've seen Cap put up big numbers before, but now we're talking about a six-game stretch, Cal, in which his big numbers have ballooned to even bigger. And when you factor in that 48% shooting from beyond the arc, this guy has it working at every level in terms of what he can do offensively. He's found that fifth gear, I think. His teammates, his coaches spoke about it recently, I think after that OKC victory here at Target Center. And, you know, this stretch is amazing. And even you go back the entire month of February, he averaged north of 30 points a game. He shot better than 60% from the field. And he was right around 50% from deep as well. So it's not like it's just a short little small sample size type blip. This is something that he has been building toward uh, basically as we entered the month of February in the second half of the year and as he got more comfortable in this, you know, whatever the, the tweaks may have been to this offensive scheme under Ryan Saunders. But Cat seems very, very comfortable. He seems to know his role. And I like, too, that this recent, uh, uh, more recent stretch, I guess, that he seems to be doing it despite the things that have troubled him in the past, you know, it, specifically in that Thunder win. He battled foul trouble early, and previously that would get inside his head and, and really dog him the rest of the game. But he still went on to score 41 points, and also it was in a matchup against a guy in Steven Adams who previously had Cat's number at, at least uh, in, in several games in terms of just the physicality. So he seems to have evolved yet and found another gear, even though we, we thought maybe that wasn't possible. And during that amazing five-game stretch in which he set the franchise record, he also moved past Wally Zerbiak into fifth on the franchise all-time scoring list. Another thing that stands out when you talk about tweaks that Ryan Saunders has made to the offense, that would be the number of field goal attempts that Cat is getting. On the season, he's averaging 17, but during this uh, six-game stretch, he's up over 20. And I think if you go back and look at the month of February – you see that Cat is getting more opportunities. He's got the ball in his hands more. And when you talk about your best player and, and wanting to take advantage of their unique skill set, you got to put the ball in their hands. And, and I love the fact that they are running things through Towns right now. And I think all the teammates trust Cat to make that right decision too. He's not, he's not just the volume shooter guy who 
is going to sort of bog down the offense. He makes the right call, and if the double teams or even triple teams now uh, come at him, he finds those teammates on the wing, and he does a great job of that. But, yeah, he's so skilled inside or outside. It's such a challenge for really an entire opponent's offense, not just the guy that is tasked with guarding Cat, and uh, it's been a treat to watch. All right, we talk about prolific scoring runs, and I want to pivot now to uh, the national scene and LeBron James, who recently moved past Michael Jordan into fourth on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Before we talk about it, let's hear from LeBron. You guys have no idea, man, and I'm trying to give it to you guys, but you guys have no idea what, what, what MJ did for me and my friends growing up, you know, just in a sense of, some days where you just don't even feel like you're going you're gonna to make it to the next day where I grew up, you know, because of everything that's going on. So, like, I rode on my shoes tonight. Like you saw, I, I thank MJ more than he would, uh, more than he'd ever known. And I got to keep, I got to carry it on to the next kid. Hopefully I can inspire the next kid. So that's LeBron James talking about what Michael Jordan meant to him. And, of course, earlier this week, LeBron moving past Michael into fourth on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Cal, these two guys' careers have really been intertwined, even though, you know, they didn't really uh, cross paths in the way that you talk about rivals. But it's always been who's the best, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Uh, I don't think we need to settle that debate. I don't think that debate will ever be settled, but I thought it was really cool to hear LeBron reflect on what MJ meant to him. And then at the same time, thinking about how LeBron is sort of that to a new generation of kids that are coming up. Absolutely. You can hear, and if you watch the interviews, the post game, or even the moment in-game against the Nuggets where, where LeBron did get emotional during the game when, when he had that and-one play, and you can tell it means a lot to him. And when you have the career LeBron has had, you're going to rise up the ranks on a lot of these all-time lists, and I, and I think even there can be some uh, fans can get tired of it a little bit or, or at least take it for granted, but LeBron certainly appreciates it, and I think we should too, just in terms of what Michael Jordan meant to LeBron, and I think LeBron recognizing and embracing, like you said, he can be that same type of guy. And as far as the debate goes, who's the best? I think you have to factor in different eras. Yeah. When when Michael played, that was a different era. The era that Kobe Bryant played in is a different era. The era that LeBron James is playing in uh, with the you know rules that are meant to benefit offenses, it is a different era. And certainly LeBron is a different player. So I don't know that you can sit there and settle this debate this is the greatest player because then you're you're also forgetting about guys like Bill Russell, like Wilt Chamberlain. They have to be in the conversation for the greatest. So I like to put it as eras, greatest of this era, and certainly we are in the LeBron James era. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, shine the spotlight on defensive stopper Robert Covington right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The Timberwolves are back, and so is College Night, presented by U.S. Bank. For select home games, college students can get upper-level tickets for $10 by using a valid.edu email address online. Visit Timberwolves.com college for more info. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Welcome back to WolvesCast Audio On Demand. John Fokey with you here in our Target Center NBA Tonight studios. Still to come with one more game at home before they head out on the road. Cal Soderquist will rejoin us. Help us go three in the key to preview this next stretch of games. Plus, Luol Deng, the veteran in his own words. But first, we shine the spotlight on Robert Covington and learn how his time at Tennessee State prepared him for his role in the NBA and how defense can become contagious. 
So you're growing up right outside of Chicago. How then did you make your way to Tennessee State? How, how were you discovered by Coach Cooper? Well, it wasn't Cooper that you know found me at first. It was Dana Ford. Um, okay. He was at an unsigned scene. I was at an unsigned scene showcase in uh, Deerfield, Illinois. Enjoy the game. Big, uh, big basketball venue there in Chicago. Um, was there with my my uh, my AU team, Illinois Bobcats. Um, just had a good time. My family was there. Uh, and you know he just seen me. I, I had a, a one one hell of a game. You know I I forgot what I scored or and but I just had a, a dominant overall game. And he seen that, so you know, he came and talked to me. And you know the, the ironic part about it was like I wasn't even like I never heard of Tennessee State. Mm -hmm. And you know I went there. I mean I not not just to go back. Like me and my dad sat down and talked. I was like I don't even know what never heard of this school. Like so like what can What's the point of even like going on a visit? He was mm -hmm. like, "Well, what what harm can you do? Like, what what is what is it that you know can come from it? Mm -hmm. Only thing that can come from it is you know you go there so, and you get a trip. Yeah, you get a trip. <laughs> like, just go. Like, you ain't got that many options, so just yeah. just go. So I went down there one weekend, and best thing, best experience I had, best experience I had. And before the first day was even over with, I sat up here and was like, called my parents, like I found my school. Like, and that's the crazy part about the whole situation. Like at first I wasn't even considering. Then I go there for one day and I'm like, yeah, that's my school. Like I, I'm, after everything we've been through, yeah, it's here. Like I'm, I'm, I feel right picking this school. Yeah, and I feel like your time there prepared you so well for the NBA level because they asked you to do a lot of different things, didn't they? Did. They did. You know, my coach came in, you know, John Cooper at the time, once I met everyone, the staff was like, look, we're not going to give you anything. You're going to have to come work for it. And just, you know, being in the circumstances that happened, um, like at first I was a good, I was a good player, you know, the first, first half of the season. But, you know, we had a couple instances, well, not a couple, but we had a big change that happened where, you know, our entire dream class was kicked off the team. So we literally finished out the year with nine players and five of the nine were freshmen. So it was like, what do, what do you sit up here and like, now you gotta be asked more. So, you know, we the way we practiced prepared us for it because we nonstop running and everything, and we was a team that pressed. So, you know, it, it allowed us to really, you know, really prepare for that moment. And, and guys stepped up and now actually some of the best basketball we played. You know, we had a lot of fun doing what we did. We shocked. We ended up going from last in the conference to we made the playoffs in AC. So, I mean, it made the a conference tournament as the AC. You know, granted, we lost the first round, but just having that experience overall and, like, what everyone took from that, you know, everyone came together and it just, like, from then and look back. What do you love about playing defense and, and getting after it on that end? Just making other players feel uncomfortable. You know, it sparks my team. Um... You know, it, it creates a lot of opportunities for us, you know. And like you said, if, you know, you're doing something con contagious and it, like you said, it's, it allows other people to sit up and do it. You know, we've, we've seen that firsthand when I first got here. So, you know, I brought a whole different demeanor, different mentality. And, you know, guys bought in. Guys picked up on what I did and, you know, I picked on ways that other guys did. So, you know, just, you know, helping that camaraderie and building that chemistry, like, it's what allows, you know, teams to, you know, really come together. And as you can see, things are, you know, really trending in the right direction.
That's Robert Covington right here on Wolves Cast Audio On Demand. Be sure to keep it right here when we return. Luol Dang will get to know him a little bit better off the court in his own words on the Timberwolves Radio Network. The season is here, and unforgettable experiences are just waiting for you and your group. Catch the pack in action and get in on pregame performances, player high fives, photo ops, and more. Find your experience now at Timberwolves.com groups. Minnesota Timberwolves, all eyes north. Wolves cast continues. John Folky with you here. Still to come, Cal Soderquist will return, take us three in the key, previewing the next stretch of games for the Wolves including a couple of big road games that are looming. But first, we get to know veteran Lawal Dang a little bit better away from the court in his own words. When did you first realize you might be able to play basketball professionally and why? Um, I first realized it when I was 13 years old. Um, I was playing in England and I was playing with uh, older guys and I was pretty good at it. And I knew the why was, I knew that I was gonna be tall because everybody in my family is pretty tall. Uh, so that gave me a reason to continue playing it. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would you choose and why? The one thing that I would choose, which is uh, <laughs> a bit crazy is I, I think, I mean, it changes, but I would say as of right now, I would choose pizza. Uh, why I would choose pizza is because it's easy to eat. Uh, it's uh, it's easy to pick up and go. Uh, you could also be creative with it. So I guess it would be pizza. You could put all different topics on it also. I don't know what my favorite movie is, but I would say, what's the last thing you watched on Netflix and how was it? Uh, it's funny, I, was, uh, I just downloaded, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Forger. Um, it's with uh, John Travolta. It's a bit of an old movie, but it was on Netflix recently and it was trending and I downloaded it and I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, TV show that I watched last on Netflix, that's Ozark uh, season two. I just finished it. It's pretty good. Uh, what's the one thing that I'm better than in, uh, better in than the rest of my teammates? I would say probably playing soccer. Um, I played soccer growing up. Um, I wanted that to be what I do professionally and I was serious about it. So I would 100% say I'm better than everyone in that locker room. Okay, favorite day of the year used to be the last day of school. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but uh, no, I uh, favorite day of the year now, I would say probably Christmas. Uh, just because everybody is in a positive mood, I get to see my family when they visit. Uh, you get gifts, everyone open up gifts, and uh, everybody's spirit is high, so I would say Christmas. Now, in all fairness to Lou, for many, that last day certainly feels like Christmas. So either way, it is a winner and good uh, a, a good day to have as your favorite day. Great stuff, as always, from Luol Dang. Be sure to keep it right here. We'll wrap up by previewing the next slate of games with Cal Soderquist. We go three in the key next on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Experience the pack like never before with the official mobile app of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whether you're at home, at Target Center, or anywhere around the globe, the app is your remote control to all things Timberwolves. Head over to the App Store or Google Play to download it now.
Wrapping up Wolves Cast Audio on Demand, John Fokey rejoined by Cal Soderquist. We've got another road trip looming for Minnesota. Things have not been kind to the Wolves on the road. They have dropped five straight away from Target Center, but they do have a couple home games as well before that road trip. And to preview it all, uh, Cal brings us three in the key. What do you got this week, Cal? Yeah, they try to head out on the road with momentum. It starts Sunday here at the Target Center against the New York Knicks, second and final meeting. And our first key player is DeAndre Jordan, the Knicks big man. Back in the starting lineup earlier this week after missing five games due to an ankle injury, and he looked like his usual self. 17.14 rebound double-double. You could safely expect a similar type of performance here on Sunday as over the last two seasons, Jordan has matched up with the Wolves in uh, six different matchups. And over those six games, he averages basically a 17.15 rebound double-double, both with the Clippers and then one earlier meeting with New York. So expect that kind of interior dominance from him on Sunday. Second key player is Will Barton. He provided a uh, pretty big spark earlier this week for the Nuggets in a road win over the Lakers. Tallied 23 points, including 5 of 11 from behind the three-point line, plus four boards, uh, five dimes. And this guy, he basically missed the entire first half of the season for Denver. It didn't look like they missed him as he sat out with a hip injury, but he provides really an added dimension scoring off the bench for that Nuggets team, and it may be most beneficial as they get into the postseason. Will Barton is basically the Lou Williams of yeah. the Denver Nuggets. That's a, He's got that ability to just explode off the bench, so got to keep an eye on him. 100%. Another guy to keep a close eye on, Utah Jazz, Kyle Korver. It has been rather an up-and-down year, maybe by his standards. First year with Utah. He's one of the game's all-time great shooters, but he might just be rounding into form just in time. It's only a small sample size, but over his last four games, He's averaging 15 points per contest, shooting 50% from deep. Uh, and that is, we talk about added dimensions, that is certainly what he brings to the Utah Jazz. So if he catches fire, gets comfortable just in time for the postseason, look out for that team. We move now to two key stats. We focus first on double-figure scoring. We know this New York Knicks team that we'll see on Sunday very much focused on their future. It is a bright future. Uh, and it looks pretty good specifically because of guys like Kevin Knox and Alonzo Trier. Both those players, they're both rookies. They're both on pace to average at least 10 points per game this season, which would make them the first pair of Knicks rookies to do so since the 85-86 campaign with when a couple guys named Patrick Ewing and uh, Gerald Wilkins wow. did so. So certainly maybe a good omen of uh, better years to come. Gerald Wilkins, the famed MJ stopper. There you go. Self-proclaimed MJ <laughs> stopper. I think that Knicks uh, fan base certainly would like to uh, go back to, to those days. So that is our first key stat. Second key stat is the record 8-2. and two. That is the Denver Nuggets' current record against the rest of the Northwest Division. They're a perfect 7-0 so far this year against the Thunder, Wolves, and Blazers, and then 1-2 against the Utah Jazz. They still have six more divisional matchups to come, but a lot of people last year thought the Northwest was kind of the toughest division in the NBA. You could make the same argument again this year, and uh, it's just one of the many impressive aspects of this Denver Nuggets season so far. One key matchup as we close out now, let's focus on the Wolves and Nuggets. Carl Anthony Towns and Nikola Jokic, both very versatile big men, both sort of still able to go about it in their own way in terms of their versatility and how they use it. Um, but that will be a fun matchup on Tuesday. Carl Anthony Towns, see if he can continue his tear 
and and really maybe has struggled a little bit against the Joker in the past, but again, finding a new gear despite tough matchups. Yeah, it's always awesome when those two match up and the way that they raise at their level. You think back to that game, I think it was last year or maybe two years ago when they both posted triple doubles in the same contest. Uh, so again, get your tickets to the home games, Timberwolves.com. Join us for a couple of late games at Denver and at Utah next week right here on your home for Timberwolves basketball. For Cal Sotoquist, I'm John Fogey. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This has been a presentation of the Timberwolves Radio Network.